Blessings, blessings to you all. Thank you for coming again on another episode of Full of Brown. And um, I'm going to stop saying thank you, but I will say I'm happy that you guys are happy listening. And I'm glad that you guys are enjoying yourselves hearing this humble show. And and it just keeps growing and it keeps growing and growing. And th- for that, I am just eternally grateful and what was that did you (laughs) my little weird accent came out sorry um anyway i have a friend today that um knows all the weird sides of me (laughs) she and i have cracked up so hard and cried so hard and and specifically to this topic today um we're gonna talk a little bit about depression and 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 what that feels like and how it is that we grew up with it. Uh, depression, anxiety, uh, sadness, just, you know, just all those feelings that we don't like to talk about. But I could not find anybody better to talk about this than her. Her name is Elisa Shay, and she has agreed to be on my show. And I was just so excited. She's actually one of the first people, uh, friends that I told about the show and, She's the one that encouraged me uh, to do this, and I'm just—I was so happy that she agreed to be on it, and I was—I'm just so happy that um, she wanted to open up about this because not a lot of people want to, and and I'm just really excited for you guys to hear her story. I shared a little bit of mine, but hey, we're here to talk about her, okay? Don't talk about me. So anyway, cue the music. Hey, dear listeners, this is Tony coming from the uh, Fuller Brown headquarters with my good friend, Elisa. Hi. Shay. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are thank you? you for being here. No, thank you for having me. Now, people don't know that we're recording this on a really early morning for me. <laughs> well, well, no, it's not that early, but it's pretty early. So I do thank you for. No, it's very early because it's Saturday. It is a Saturday, and normally by now, I would be like... <laughs> Just now getting out of bed? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I'm like, thank you for being here. I know this is a sacrifice for both of us, but... It's all right. More for you. It's thank worth you for, it. Yes, it is worth it. So um, how is your day so far? Good, tired, ready to get the day over Done with. Done with school? Mm-hmm. So if you guys don't know, my good friend, Lisa, we met at work. We're not going to say where we work because, I mean, we don't know how, how this is going to go. Yeah, let's not do that. But um, I met you, when was it? A year ago. A year. It was a year ago. A year in April. This is our friend anniversary. I know. Okay. But when I first met you, I, because you, okay, you came. I was already there. I'm not going to talk too much about it. But you came. And then I was like, mm, Okay. You know, it's a new girl because we we just had guys at that point. Mm-hmm. And then you came in and you were like, 
so it's your story. And I was like, mm, I don't know you. <laughs> but I don't know. There's something about you that after a day, after literally we had one conversation. And ever since then, we've cried. We've laughed. We've shared so many stories. And I don't know if you were that relatable. Um. So everyone tells me that. Really? Yes. So you're like this with everybody? Everybody. I thought I was special. I thought I was like... <laughs> no, you are special. <laughs> Don't are ham special. it up now. Every, no, every person that shares stuff with me is special to me. Oh, well, yeah, of course. But no, every a lot of people do that. That's how I meet a lot of people is usually them coming and just pouring everything out to me. And then low key, whenever Misty came to... Well, I said her name, but another friend came to work with us. I got a little jealous. <laughs> Did you... <laughs> And I'm admitting this on the air, whatever you want to call this, because I was like, she's talking to her now, and you used to be my notebook, basically. I should share with you everything, and then she came in, and then like, well, I guess I'm out. Forget about Tony now. No, uh, you just gotta no, push yourself in there and join on with this. But that's a good thing to way to start because we're gonna talk today about depression. Yes, having depression though, that was hard for me to tell you how I felt ah, to be able to say, hey. Um, I know this new girl started and you're her friend, but I'm your friend too. And I need attention <laughs> and I need you to like, yeah, be there. And I mean, cause when you go through this, it's hard to, well, it could just be me, but it's hard to say what you feel. No. So it is hard to say what you feel. And then it's hard to open up to people, new people, anybody. <laughs> so once you do open up to someone, um, it's hard to, um, not be able to just go to them right away and talk to them so i can see what you're saying yeah so i felt like this special comfort with you and then i guess out of nowhere i guess you could say i felt like i did i was gonna lose it so then i panicked and no. i was like why is she oh like there's plenty of me to go around thank you <laughs> clearly by you waking up early to be here I, that's a that's a good way to good test to that yes. that, right so um tell them a little bit tell the listeners a little bit about yourself um, I'm a single mom. What was? Yep, and that's pretty much sums me up. No, mm. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a mom to everybody in my life. So that's true. I am. That I'm is true. Mo- You're like the, the mom mama. of our. Well, when you were in our trader, I know. <laughs> when you were in our department, you were like the mm-hmm. you know level-headed one. I am. I'm the. I've from a really young age. I've always been really responsible, really level-headed. Always the mm. one that was the mama of everybody i've been called mama lisa all through high school so this was your role from the very beginning Mm -hmm. since i was very young and i know you told me some of your story which we don't have to talk about unless you don't want to but you were really raised to be that way Mm -hmm. since you were young yeah i was kind of put into that situation not like something i wanted but you Mm -hmm. know my mom wasn't around and so my dad really really like depended on me to help with my sister and then even though my brother was my brothers were older. Mm-hmm. Um, one specifically, he still depended on me a lot too, just because I was more, I guess you could even say I was a little bit more level-headed and responsible than even he was. And so yeah. I was like his go-to because our mom was Were they jealous of, the of you? Were they jealous of your, your maturity? No, because, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, they got all the attention. So oh. they didn't really have anything to be jealous of. I was always kind of... Um, I was always never really, my parents didn't have to, 
I went through a small phase when I was in junior high mm-hmm. where I was a little bit of a problem child, not getting in trouble, but because of my depression and anxiety, I had a really, really, really hard time going to school or going to like social settings and stuff. So I would have like panic attacks and I would like fit, like I would actually physically like wrestle my mom to not go out the door to go to school. So like my sister did that. Yeah. And I don't know if she'll be okay with me talking about it. Eh, yeah, she will. She'll be fine. <laughs> my sister, she, we didn't know what it was at that time, but her stomach would hurt. Yep. And to the too. point where she got ulcers. Yep. And we, we never, we really never understood her. And I was like, why? Like, just go to school. And she would have like panic attacks and like, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm pretty sure you both had different reasons, but I mean, that, because you're half Mexican. Yes. So, uh, I mean, I don't know how you were raised, if you were raised with the Mexican culture or not, but in, I was raised with the Mexican culture and we really just don't talk about stuff like that. Well, and it, what's funny is that, um, <laughs> My dad, who's not Hispanic, he actually did not, for the longest time growing up, did not believe that it was a real thing. Really? Yes. So it was something that probably, up, actually, up until about five years ago, my dad was always kind of, mm, when I was younger, I took it as him being cold towards it. Like he did, he just didn't understand. So he would tell me it was all in my head, that I was just doing it for attention, that I was yeah. making it all up. He would sometimes say some pretty hurtful things. Um, looking back now that I'm a parent, I probably would have, I don't know if I would have reacted the same way, but I can see maybe where he was coming from at times. Yeah. Um, because I only did it when. I was having to do things like go to school or mm. go into the gas station to pay for gas for my dad. I couldn't even do that. Like, oh, I, no. did I tell you when? Because I started to do this like this healthy journey, and which is another topic. But when I went to the gym the first time, I I had a really bad time going in, mm-hmm. and I I well I'm gonna admit this. I cried in the car. I got to the gym, and then I looked inside. And obviously, it's all windows, so I could see right. everybody in there. And I was like, <sighs> and then I, I don't know why. I just cried. And I was like, what the hell? Like, that threw me off. Yes, anxiety attack. Okay, now I know what that is. Yeah, it's like anxiety. And I think you were the one that really helped me understand what that is. Mm-hmm. Because it's true. My dad was like your dad. My, But besides because my dad was a religious, well, he is a pastor. He's a religious person. But he's always like... No, you you have to learn to trust God, you know, and he will take care of your feelings. And I'm not, you know, devalidating that at all. Right. But this is a little bit more different. No, it's very different. Yeah. yeah I feel like it's a lot different. That's exactly kind of like how it was with me. So we didn't really, my mom struggled with depression and anxiety. So my dad always said that, um, she put it in my head from a young age and mm-hmm. that she kind of taught me how to be that way and act that way. So that's when he, that's why he would say things like, it's all in your head. You need to stop. You're just doing this for attention or you're doing this because this is what you've heard your mom say or yeah. you've seen your mom act this way. So now you're doing it. And they would get into huge arguments. Like they would go at it. <clears throat> you know, she would tell him, no, this is a real thing. And he's like, no, she's just, you know, she's learning from you. And so um, he would blame her a lot, mm. um, which I'm not saying that some of that's not true. I mean, my mom did, um, looking back, 
she did kind of enable it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it was just because she sympathized so much. Like She understood you. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't like she was doing it to make the situation worse. She was just not able to. She wasn't <clears throat> able to, like with me, my 15-year-old struggles with depression. I'm very sympathetic of it. But at the same time, I sometimes have to let her know that you can't sit here and just let it consume you. Mm -hmm. You have to do something. If that means that you're needing to talk to someone, tell me if you're needing, you know, help, if you're needing to not be alone, if you're just needing to cry, um, whatever it is that you're needing to do, you need to like, let us know. And then if you just don't know what you need to do, but you're just feeling not right, Mm -hmm. then you need to tell me so that that way I can, I don't know, see if there's something I can do to help you. I know for me, sometimes when I'm in those depressions, um, maybe I try to take a shower, get up, do my makeup, get out of the house, go do something to see if it will change it and flip it around. And if that doesn't work, then, you know, I will, sometimes I just need someone to sit there and listen to me cry or just sit there and not even talk, maybe just have someone just physically there. sitting yeah. there next to me so that I know that I'm not by myself. Cause when you're in those dark places, you feel super, super alone, super alone. Yeah. Cause whenever I met you, I had already gone through a big, huge depression era in my life. I was like, uh, I want to say, I mean, cause I went through it in high school, but I don't know what it was. So then mm-hmm. like, eh, I ignored it. I really did just, just ignored it. And then when I went through the big one, it was like in 2012, that one is where I gained a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. I gained a lot of weight and I just really, I didn't work for three, two, maybe three years. And all I did was I, I just stayed in my room. I wouldn't shower. I mean, that's disgusting to admit, but I would not shower. I would not talk to anybody. And my dad, he didn't know how to take it. He was just like, I need you to snap out of it. And he would yell at me all the time. But anything would set me off. Like we were eating at the dinner table and it got to the point where I never ate at the dinner table because he wasn't able, he wasn't able to relate. So he would just like, can you just snap out of it? And right. And I was like, what and he was like you are so de- you i mean he just said depressing you're just too sad for the you're ruining the dinner so then it got to the point where i just ate in my room yeah. and any little thing because what i did a lot i watched a lot of movies mm-hmm. to kind of and humor humor just helped me out through it but right. he one time i was watching uh the boy in the striped pajamas yeah i love that movie Okay, I cried my ass off. Yeah, I'm a crier. And he, I'm a crier too. I can admit that. (laughs) And my dad was like, are you crying? And I was like, no. And he was like, you have tears coming down your face. And he kind of shamed me for it. Mm He's like, it's just a movie. Why are you crying? It's fake. But at that time, any crying would cleanse me. So I would almost purposely watch movies that would make me cry Cause that's the only way I could, I was raised to cry that way. Right. I wasn't allowed to cry like, you know, cause boys don't cry. Right. And Mexicans, we don't cry either. Mm-hmm. Well, until, you know, you break a leg. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, how old were you when you started figuring that this is what that was? Um, I mean, I was, when I officially knew I was, um, probably about 13, So, like, I mean, I struggled with it from a very young age. I mean, my parents had 
issues with me whenever I was in elementary school with this. Mm-hmm. So it started out as mainly anxiety. And then as I got older, it led into depression because those two kind of go together. Um, at least this is what I, that's what I've been told by a lot of the like doctors and like counselors that I would see Yeah, anxiety. Like if your anxiety gets too high, it's going to make your depression set in. Um, if your depression gets too high, it's going to make your anxiety kick in. So they both kind of run together. So people that don't know, what are the difference? What's the difference? So like depression for me, I mean, this is me personally. And from what I've been taught, depression is more, you don't care. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't have energy. You're super sleepy. You're, um, you know, you can't find anything positive in anything that's going on around you. Nothing's really making you happy. Anxiety is more almost the, the way I like to explain it is almost like a fear. Like you, your heart races, you'll start getting sweaty. You'll, you'll feel like you're going to pass out. Um, you, it's like almost like an adrenaline rush, like a high intense adrenaline rush yeah. um, is what I feel like anxiety is. But then there, you know, like you'll have, you can have anxiety over, um, like I have anxiety attacks <laughs> over frogs. Oh, so like I'm super scared of frogs. Why? I d- the I just, color? No, just I don't. I did, I mean, like I have a hard time even talking yeah, about don't them. Throw up. No, I know. <laughs> you I look like you're gonna throw it, up. It, they freak me out, and so <clears throat> I get super high anxiety. My heart will start to race. I'll start to feel sweaty. I'll feel like I'm getting shortness of breath. Do you think it's connected to something that you went through, and then you saw a frog as a kid, or I it's have, just I don't know. The only thing I remember is, I mean, I know one time a, you know, those little tree frogs, how they're kind of sticky. Oh, ew, yeah. Okay. So I, I did have one stick to my shirt one time and it oh. freaked me out. But so I don't know if that maybe triggered it, but Probably. no, they like, it's bad. Like if you pull up a picture of a frog on your phone, I was about to ask my you, so even will, a fake one. Yes. My heart will instantly start to race. <clears throat> when, that's yeah. good to know. Like that's anxiety. So that's how I describe the two. Um, depression's more of like a down type thing. And then anxiety is almost like you're kind of like freaking out. Yeah, Like depression, I understand. Cause now that I've been through it and honestly, I didn't understand it until I met you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I met other people, but with you, you were so open to discussing about it that we really just like picked at it so well at work yeah <laughs> that I, then i understood what it was because right. I, I always just thought ah, maybe just i'm just overpowered by sadness and which it kind of is it is but i don't know what to label it because mm-hmm. like i said we didn't talk about that word and growing up religious you know you're not supposed to be depressed if you're right. depressed they see you as you don't you're not trusting god yes so then you ignore it so you're like oh the holy spirit will take care of my depression and i'm not saying that it can't but you are able to look for other options mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's a chemical there's a chemical imbalance right and now because you convinced me to go to the doctor yes <laughs> and i just went i'm now 30 well 31 and I barely now went to the doctor. The first four times that I tried to discuss this with the doctor, I cried in the car and then I just didn't do it. And then this last time. That's a panic attack. Really? I feel like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're you're so overwhelmed with emotion that you get nervous to talk mm-hmm. about it and overwhelmed. 
you're kind of having like a panic of it. And I hate having those because I feel weak. Like I get those, I get those before uh, like an interview. Yes. I hate going through interviews. And even though people were like, oh my God, you're such an uh, extrovert. Like, no, I'm not. But I, I have a mechanism where I act out like, I this is how I get through it. Okay, I don't know if this is going to make me sound messed up. <laughs> I get through it by telling myself, okay, Tony, just because I've always wanted to be an actor as a kid, which is another thing for another day. But so I've always told myself, okay, just pretend you're an actor. You're acting the role of Tony. Because my first name is Neftali. Mm-hmm. It's going to make me sound really psychopath right now. <laughs> but that's how I got through you it. Have multiple personality disorder. I'm no, sorry, is this Tony right now? Or is this. But so. That's how I went through big events like that. Yeah. Like graduation day. Oh, I know. I cried in the mirror for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when I got there, the valedictorian had to calm me down. She and I rem- I don't know her name. I don't remember her name because I graduated from a school that I just had just gotten there. So I didn't know anybody that right. well. And she was like, look at me because I was running back and forth. I was running back and forth and I was just pacing. And she was like, look at me. I'm like, what? And she was like, you're going to be fine. Breathe. And I was like, my pants were falling. Like my <laughs> my pants fall all the time, by the way. That's not that has nothing to do with it. But my palms were sweaty. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because we were we were a small class. My mm-hmm. graduating class was a hundred. Yeah, maybe. mine was too. Yeah. So we graduated in a church. Oh, okay. And we had to sit where the the clergy normally sits. Mm-hmm. So we were really close to the audience. And I remember not a lot of my friends went to my graduation, so that already had me down. Number two, we were I wasn't like in a stage, and I was like, oh my god! I remember right now clearly I was shaking. Because uh, the graduation, the school, what I went to, they're really different. They're not normal. You graduate, uh, you walk the stage with a person that inspired you the most. Oh. Yeah. So I didn't walk alone. And oh, okay. Because I was just, which I think my dad got offended by this. I didn't ask my dad to do this. I had to ask my pastor. So I asked my pastor to come with me, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then you go up there by yourself with him. You take a picture with him, and then you let that person uh, give you, like, a medal. Okay. I know. It's a weird ceremony, yeah, but that I, is it's kind of cool. Different, yeah. Yeah. So the whole time, if I'm telling you, if I, I mean, if I had a diaper, I probably would have shit my pants. <laughs> well, I can tell you that. So I, that's how I am anytime. Uh, so my thing is, is anytime that the focus is going to be solely on me mm-hmm. or if I feel like the attention's going to be on me is I, I do that. Um, unless I'm just in like a crowd or a group of people I'm very comfortable with. Yeah. You know, like our little group we have at work that mm-hmm. we kind of are really comfortable with. We are all pretty close. Um, I don't mind if I was to like have to stand up and talk to you guys or something i could do it um but having to stand up in a group front of a group of people or even just like a handful of people and knowing that all their eyes are on me yeah every thought goes through my head like okay are my clothes messed up do i look like out of place am i gonna stutter am i gonna say something wrong am i gonna mess up like I mean, just every little thought goes through your head and you start to like freak out and it turns one little simple task as simple as 
walking into the gas station to pay the cashier $5 for gas. I I take five minutes huge. before I go in. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I use my debit card now to pay, to pay there. The pump. <laughs> but if I have cash, it freaks me out. And yeah. I, I, I mean, now I'm understanding even more that I'm talking about it now. But I, oh, my God. Like, we've had work meetings mm-hmm. where we're like, well, you're in a different trader. You're in a different department now. <laughs> right. But when we were in the same department and we had the meetings with our supervisor, mm-hmm. I had many panic attacks. Oh, I was yeah. like, Tony, so how do you feel? I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> You like lock um, up. <laughs> mm, mm, um, I'm fine. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know if you could tell because you were sitting in front of me that one time I'm thinking about. I was like this. And I was just moving my hands. and I was Super like, fidgety. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, because he's going to ask me. Because he was asking everybody. I'm like, okay, what are you going to say, Tony? What are you going to say? And then I was like, I'm going to say something stupid. Oh, my God. I'm going to say something <laughs> stupid. And then, how do you like it here, Tony? I'm like, I love it. Like, I'm, I, I love my job. Yes. And he was like, okay, okay. And I never wanted to bring it up with anybody because I don't want to sound crazy. You know? A lot of people do that. A lot of people don't more than you bring know. I think mm-hmm. more than we know. A lot of people. I actually, I actually have this. I call it a theory, but I have this thing that I think every single person um, struggles with depression and anxiety. It's just different levels of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like there's. I don't feel like there's not one person in this world that hasn't experienced these feelings. I just think that some people um, handle it better than others. Yeah. Um, I definitely am a lot better than what I was. I mean, at 13, when I really got to a real, I mean, at 13 is when things got the worst. My parents, my dad had moved me and my sister to a different state. My mom wasn't in our lives. Um, Our whole life was just turned upside down. And so I went into a very like dark depression. And so we were living with my dad's mom who at the time was battling cancer. And so there was just a lot of responsibility put on me to help with my little sister, help with my grandma. And then, um, you know, at that time I hadn't been in school for like two years because of my anxiety. So So what did you do homeschool? mm, The first year I did kind of like a homeschool thing, like the, I lived in a really small town at that time. So mm-hmm. they, and I lived right across the street from the school. Mm-hmm. I was living with my mom, um, which was probably not the best situation, but the judge in that County that we lived in had wrote a letter to the school, um, allowing me to, I would go to the school one day a week, um, after school hours and meet the teachers up there. They would give me all my assignments for the week. I would go home and do them and then turn them in. Really? Then, yes. So I did that for, that sounds perfect. Okay, so I'll be honest though, that only lasted for like half of a school year. After that it stopped because um my mom just was not she didn't she didn't follow through with it. Mm-hmm. Um so I pretty much if you want me to be honest, didn't go to school for 2 years. I just didn't go to school. Yeah. I wasn't in school, wasn't enrolled in school, didn't do homeschool, nothing. So when my dad moved us down there um to this other place, we um when I started back to school, um, I did, did it kind of that same way too. I would go up there every Friday and meet with the counselor after school hours. And we would sit in her office for an hour. She would study things with me. We would cover each subject, like 15 minutes per subject. Mm-hmm. She would send me home with all my assignments and I would go up there every Friday and turn them in and we would start my new week. We did that for probably a good five or six months. 
um, while I was going to like pretty intense, like counseling, I went to counseling like two to three days a week. And then they got me on some medication. And, um, once they got me kind of leveled out, they slowly progressed me into class. So, oh, okay. yeah, like they kind of slowly <clears throat> introduced me into the actual classroom setting. I mean, like it, took how was a that lot. when you went in there? Oh, I mean, it was, it was intense. Yeah. I mean, like the whole anxiety, sweaty palms, super nervous, leg bouncing like a hundred miles a minute. You would have thought I was on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like people probably looked at me and thought, oh my God. But, um, I mean, it was okay. Uh, I had a lot of like, it was really good for my dad to take us there. I think if he wouldn't have, I would have never gone back to school. Mm. I probably would have stayed out. I would have struggled the rest of the time, but um, it was such a really small little country town. Mm-hmm. So every all the teachers were super sympathetic and they were um, very willing to work with me and help me. And so that's they, good. Yeah. They had kind of like a rule. If I was ever in class and started to feel like anxiety coming on or anything like that, I was allowed to just get up and walk out without even saying anything, which I didn't do because that induced my anxiety even more Mm. because what's the first thing you're going to do if somebody just gets up and walks out without saying a word if you're in class as a student at 13 years old the teacher's up there teaching and a kid just gets up and just walks out and doesn't say anything are your eyes going to be on that person oh yeah okay so i wouldn't do it because i didn't want eyes on me so i would sit in my desk and like just suffer through class (laughs) Wow. I, I that's kind of how I was in class. Okay. And this is I think this has something to do with it. When I was in middle school in health class, which I took it really early. And back then we didn't need a permission slip. I think I don't know now if they do or not, I but I don't know. I was in 6th grade. So I was what 12 maybe. Yeah. And the teacher, she was really sweet. She was talking about, okay, you guys, we're going to talk about sexual intercourse. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that alone put me in a like, okay, okay. And then she asked a question. And this is why I hated school, because they would ask you. Yeah. Hey, Tony, what's three plus three? I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> 10. I don't know. And But she was talking, I don't know what she was talking about, but she said, Tony. And I'm like, mm-hmm. So this and this and that. And so why is it bad to do this or something? I don't remember what it was. And I was like, because it's not healthy. And then the skinny, popular girl next to me was like, what are you going to talk about healthy? Because I've always been a big kid. Right, right. So everybody laughed. And deep down inside, I was like, I want to slap her so bad. But I'm a man (laughs) and she's a girl and I can't hit girls. But ever since then, I never spoke in class. I mean, yeah. it was because she, I mean, she did embarrass me, mm-hmm. but more than anything, after that, or anything, I would say, and I think me be growing up as a big guy, they always thought I was the funny one. So anything I said, even if I was serious, I was taken as funny. Right. That didn't help me at all. Because mm-hmm. then now as an adult, I'm like, and I'm glad I, I, I can do this with you. We do have our funny moments where we laugh our we laugh our ass off, right? But we know when to take each other serious. Yeah, like we read each other pretty well, I think. But some people don't. No, and some people are like, "Oh, you know, I said something serious." I'm like, yeah, and they just laugh at me. I'm like, I was serious. Well, that's kind of like um, a lot of people probably would have never even when I met you and like the way your personality is. Mm-hmm. People would meet you and probably never guess that you suffer with depression. 
No, and yeah. I get that a lot. Yeah, people, so... I kept it really well hidden. Yeah, and so I do now. Um, when I was younger, did not hide it very well. But I was younger, I was new to it. Now that I'm, like, older, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'll am i be 34 this year, so mm-hmm. I've been struggling with this for, I would say, at least 30 years. So now that um, I'm as old as I am and I've been through what I've been through and experienced everything, I've tried medications, I've done counseling, um, all of them have helped at different times. Um, they're not always the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you get into these states and counseling won't do anything for you. Um, I feel like with counseling, you have to have a very open mind about things. And so, um, and then with the medication, sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, and so now that I'm older, I have learned how to conceal it more. Mm -hmm. And so people sometimes will, like if I start to talk to someone like I did with you at work when we met, they'll be like, really, you you suffer with depression that bad or yeah. anxiety that bad because you seem like you just have it all together. You really you know? do. But really I struggle. <clears throat> a lot of my struggle is done internally. I mean, yeah. I literally battle a lot. Um, I do a lot of my own like fighting with inside my head. So there's a lot of mornings where it's like I lay in bed and it's like, I have to, I talk myself through my day. Like That's I'm, how I am in the shower. In yes. the shower, it's where I'm like, okay, well, the water can't tell between water and tea or something. Right. <laughs> right. right. Laying in bed at night, sometimes after a long, stressful day, just laying in bed, especially when I'm in those moments when I'm not even wanting to get out of bed. I have mm-hmm. to, though. I have a five-year-old, so not getting out of bed's not an option for me. So at the end of those days, sometimes I just lay in bed and I'll cry until I fall asleep. And then I wake up the next day with all that salt dried on my face (laughs) and I wake up and I'm like, okay, we're going to, this is how we're going to handle it today. So sometimes, so I've gone through phases where, um, even still, like I'm not on any medications now. Don't go to counseling. I haven't gone to counseling in a really, really, really long time. Um, but I will say counseling did help me get to where I am now. I believe that because when I met you. You were basically my counselor. Yeah. Even though, I mean, that's not your title. But the way, I mean, I shared a lot. Yeah. I mean, I shared, I shared, and I'm so glad you didn't get tired of me because <laughs> I shared and I, because I mean, I never went to a counselor. I never spoke to a, a religious leader. Like, I, I and I, in a way, I think the church has something to do with it because I was raised in church. Mm-hmm. We were always taught because my dad was a pastor, minister, whatever, to keep our stuff inside. Mm-hmm. And then whenever um, you go to the public, you're supposed to have an image. Yeah. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. So whenever our family was in public, oh, everything was fine. Right. You know, I had a smile on. I really was for a while the funny guy. So then mm-hmm. everybody was like, Tony, da, 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 da. and I was outgoing. But then as soon as I get home and uh that's the f- we're we're stronger than we think oh yeah because i would go home and i was just somebody insulted me and i just hold it in hold it and hold it in got home cried it out okay the next day and All it's over. exhausting yeah so when i started talking to you i was like "Ooh, grab a pan i'm gonna tell you all about this and blah 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 blah, blah. and and at that time i wanted to start the podcast by then i had already thought about it for a year Mm-hmm. when i met you yeah now it's been another year yep so it took me two years 
to do this for that same reason. Because I was like, I don't want to sound like a because I mean, you don't know what it is. You know, you, you don't know what this is. So I was like, I don't want to sound like a crazy person. But now that I'm an adult, and this is what I love about becoming an adult, that you realize how common this mm-hmm. really is. Yep. Because when I talked to you and you looked like you had it all together and I was like, oh, she can do it. I can do it, too. Yeah. And and it took me a while to be comfortable with myself and to be able to just learn how to cope with it. Now you convinced me to go to the doctor. I went to the doctor. She put me on medication. And even that was fearful because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to react to the medication. Right. But the doctor I have now, which I really, really like because I've had horrible doctors in the past. But <laughs> she was like, you know what? Don't worry. We're going to get through this because she's helping me with my weight. She's helping mm-hmm. me with this. She's helping me with that. So she was like, we're going to get through this. You're going to be fine. Yes. And she I know she probably just said it like something, you know, small but to me that was like really <laughs> you think i'm gonna be okay she's like we're gonna do this together and she gave me her hand she had gloves on you know the pandemic of course. right she was like we're gonna get through this i'm like okay 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 she's like and if this medication doesn't work out we'll change it we'll put you in another mm-hmm. one you're gonna live a happy life right i think a lot of people too um like that's something that I think I've told you, and if I haven't, I'll tell you now. Is whenever you do finally, um, if if your depression is that bad that and it's bad enough, and you know it's that bad enough for, that you need to go to the doctor to discuss medication options or counseling options or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think the doctor prescribes you a medication. You're going to take this medication, and you think you're just going to see a difference overnight, or maybe the medication doesn't work for you at all. Um, and then so then you're like, okay, well, this isn't working. And then sometimes you have to try quite a few different. <laughs> oh, it's 12. It's noon in Oklahoma City. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes you have to try different medications in order to find the one that's going to work right for you, yeah. your body, your your the way your body is balanced out. Um, so it is a process and it can be exhausting. It can sometimes, um, what's that word, M- almost make you feel... Like just giving up, like yeah. okay, I'm not gonna keep doing. It's like I've tried two, two or three medications. None of them have worked. Um, How many you know, did you try? Did you just try one? Okay, so when I very first started out, I was actually, I think, being over medicated. To be honest with you, really? Yeah. So um, they started me out at a time when uh, Paxil was really big. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was on Paxil. And then when I started taking Paxil, it helped with my depression, but it made my anxiety go up oh. really high. So they put me on this medication called Rispidol. And if I remember right, the Rispidol, and then there was another one called Effexor. But one of the three, I was on three medications at one point. So tell me I wasn't being over-medicated at 13. But um, What, you took all three at the same time? Yeah. They were daily pills I took every day. Really? Yes, and and it was um it was not good. Well, maybe I was a little bit older than thirteen by that time because when I when I very first started out, I was on Paxil. We did it for a while, and then I think that um so I would go through phases, which a lot of people with depression will know is what you do th- go through. Mm-hmm. You go through phases where you do really good. It may not bother. Yeah. You can go a whole year and not have that many bad episodes. And yeah. then all of a sudden it hit you and you're bad for the next five, um, oh, yeah. you know, or, you know, and it, maybe it's just a day, but you, it just comes and goes. And mm-hmm. so, um, I was on this Paxil for a while 
And then I had some stuff happen. And a lot of the times, usually for me, I've noticed it's when things in my life start to get really chaotic or stressful. And I grew up in a very stressful um, way. So um, my mom was an addict. She was, you know, it was just a lot. And so whenever um, we would have run-ins with her, interactions with her, fallings out, falling out with her, mm-hmm. my depression would hit really hard. And so they added other medications. But one of the medications, um, I remember reading it. I had gotten old enough to a point where, so I was probably 16 or so, I had gotten old enough to a point where I realized what was going on. And mm. I was like, wow, okay. I knew I had depression now, and I, I was kind of slowly learning what it all was and what all it entailed. But I finally got to this age where I was like, okay, I want to know more about like what I'm taking, this medicine, what it's supposed to do for me. And... I started looking these medicines up and one of them was for people who had like schizophrenia. What? Yeah. And I was like, I went to my dad and I'm like, did you know that this medicine's used to treat people with schizophrenia? And I was like, I'm not schizophrenic. Like, I mean, I don't have voices that talk to me. I don't see things that aren't there. I don't, none of those characteristics. It was literally just depression and anxiety with agoraphobia is what Mm. I was diagnosed with. Yeah. And so, we ended up going to a doctor, like my actual pediatrician at that time, and he's like, wow, they have you extremely over-medicated. So he changed it up. I mean, I've probably been on five or six different types of depression medicines. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my older years, in the last probably 10 years, the one that I've used the most periodically when needed is like Zoloft. Mm. I've used Zoloft. It works pretty well for me. Um, I haven't been on medication in over five years now. So there's definitely times I probably should. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I have a really good doctor too, like your doctor who's like really sympathetic, really there for me. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've been seeing him for like 10 years now. So he's one of those ones who he knows I doesn't, I, he knows I don't want to be on medication my whole life. So, um, he will, I can go to him if I'm going, if I notice that I'm going through a really bad depression, that's not, I'm not coming out of, I can easily just call him up, go to his office. Um, we'll talk and, um, you know, he'll prescribe me my Zoloft. I'll take it for a little while. Once I start to feel, I can tell a difference whenever it's just the medication helping. And when I'm actually coming out of my depression, Mm. um, when I've been on it for a little while and I get to a really good positive place, I'll go back to him and he'll start slowly weaning me off of it. So now I just kind of use it at when I need it. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean the medication thing, a lot of people give up on it and a well, lot of people and, get discouraged. And that's why I was afraid of it because well, number one, when you think about taking medication for this issue, you automatically think I'm crazy. Right. Or people are going to think I'm crazy because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I never wanted to, Tell anybody I'm medicated. I'm I'm doing this for that and this for that. Now I see it as a not as a flag to say I'm better, but it's more like I'm gonna get there. Mm-hmm. And and at first, because I remember when you told me you took medication, I was like, oh, I don't think I'll ever do that because <laughs> first of all, I don't know how my body's gonna react to it. And right. I, the one thing I don't want is for me to become really different. But then I kind of talked to myself. Um, and I was like, you know, in reality, you already do that because yeah. whenever I'm in my low moments and I've gotten so close to you guys where you guys can tell, mm-hmm. 
Because what happens to me, I'm fine for a month or two, and then for two, three days, I feel it just so coming down on me. So I try to stay inside. I, I try not to go out with friends because, I mean, I'm not going to be sugarcoating this. I can be I can be a dick. When right, I'm, and you don't want to bring down the life. You don't want to be like the party pooper no, or the yeah. person that ruins all the fun. Right. Yeah. Because my family, they're straight up. They're like, you suck today. Go home. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. you, <laughs> yeah, we can't be around you today. <laughs> my family's like that too, yeah. And at the same time, I'm appreciative of that. But, I mean, I do have to live a normal life. So mm-hmm. then I was like, you know what? It probably wouldn't hurt to try it. And now that I talked to the doctor, which I'm surprised I didn't cry. I told you that. I know. I, yeah. She was like, so how, how are you feeling? And then she asked me, which I don't know if you've been through this. She asked me if I had attempted suicide. And I said, no, but I have in the past. And she's like, really? Like, And I'm like, oh, man, they're going to lock me up. No, no, <laughs> no. But she was like, when was that? And I'm like, mm, it's been like 10 years since the last time I tried to do that. No, that's, well, yeah, that I tried. Yeah, it's been a long time. But that I thought about it maybe seven, eight years and she was like, what was it about? And I was like, I I don't remember, honestly. And she was like, okay, well, do you feel okay now? And I was like, yeah. But then whenever she said, she said, do you feel suicidal now? Because the nurse was in there mm-hmm. and they both stopped what they were doing and they both just looked at me like. <laughs> I was like, uh, now, does that mean s- they're going to get ready to lock me yeah, up? Yeah, 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 no. Um <clears throat> they have they ask you that all the time yeah because so many people do i mean it really is it's a very serious serious thing i mean i've lost i've lost some really good friends to suicide and we all knew that these people battled with depression yeah um but you don't really ever know how bad someone's depression is sometimes even when you talk to them um i'm pretty open about mine when people if i feel like it's going to help someone else or I feel like, because um, I know how hard it was for me to originally come out and talk about being someone who suffers from depression, anxiety, and all these things. Yeah. Because for so many years, um, I think like when I was younger, it was looked on as, like I said, like what my a lot of people like had the same concept as my dad, that it's all in people's heads and it was like an attention thing. A lot of people didn't believe it was real. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of scientific studies there wasn't a lot of you know i still know people that think like that today yeah. oh yeah there so is i can only imagine back then yeah i mean there really is um until they've experienced themselves <clears throat> or until they get educated on it there are people that still think those things and i think that um you know with the suicide thing it just gets you don't really know how bad someone's depression is even sometimes when they talk about it yeah um I can sit here and talk to you. I'm sitting here talking to you about it right now. And you Mm -hmm. would never know if mine was more severe than what I'm letting on. Mm -hmm. Because people who are really suffering with it at times will conceal and kind of downplay um, how bad it is. And so, like, you know, I've like I said, I've had friends who we all knew they had depression. They would talk about it. They were open about it. They would let us know they were on medication. And they're not here today. And it's because... um, they would they fell into a really dark place and no one knew it and so yeah. you know i will say this people with depression sometimes are professionals at hiding it mm-hmm. like some of them are really really good at concealing how bad and how yeah. dark of a place that yes. they're in um, I, i'm one of those yeah 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 and and i've i've talked to some friends now uh, that know me for a long time 
and they're like, you remember back in the day when da 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 da? And I'm open about it now. So it's like, oh, yes, I remember that year. I was so depressed that year. You were? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that year, I remember telling this friend, that year, I really thought about killing myself. And he was like, what? No, we went to like so many parties. We did this and we did that. And I was like, no, that was a really low year for me. Mm-hmm. And because you do learn to hide it really well. Mm-hmm. And you put on a happy face and everything's fine. And I don't know if I should credit this to the way I was raised in church or not, but I think so. I think uh, I'm going to speak for myself. I don't know if, because I don't know if you have experience with this, but in church, a lot of people are taught to go to Jesus and that's it. Right. We are not taught that this is a real thing and it is okay to get extra help. Right. That doesn't mean you're devaluizing. Devaluizing? Is that a word? just made a word. Devaluizing. (laughs) Tony says it means that you're going to take lower value of Jesus. Like, it doesn't mean you don't trust in God. And I grew up in church all my life, so I felt... Like if I was failing God by right. admitting that I was sad. When you go through these moments, you don't realize that you're numb. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to explain it. I yeah. was numb. I could not feel. I could not think. Because mm-hmm. people are like, well, they were so selfish. that They didn't think of their families. At that time, you don't go. You don't think, you don't about, think about those things. Yeah. No, you, you just don't. think of how you just want to make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. And how you just want to feel, you know, better than before. And. Now that I'm able to talk about it, for example, with you, so thank you, <laughs> um, I'm okay to tell others. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast, to talk about issues that help me and help you, the mm-hmm. listener, to say, okay, I'm hearing red flags out of their stories. I think I should do something about this, you know? Yeah, I mean, it could be just as simple as just talking to someone. I know some people think, you know, just like you were so against medication, even me, I, I, um, you have to be careful with the medication. Some of those medications can make you feel numb. Like they'll yeah. make you feel like you don't feel like you have emotions good or bad. You just mm-hmm. feel kind of like a blank slate and you don't want to live your life feeling like that either. So, I mean, you know, if medication doesn't work for you, then maybe counseling is something you need. And if you don't want to do the counseling, maybe you just need to find that one person Kind of like me and you have been able to do. Yeah. Uh, find that one person that you're able to talk to because sometimes that's all you need is just someone to talk to. If you mm-hmm. have someone that can just sympathize with you and even just understand a little bit, then it really does kind of help bring you out of those dark places because you know you have someone that you can call and say, hey, um, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. And that person sometimes can say one thing or not say anything at all, and it completely turn it around for you just like that. And so that's why I, um, that's why I'm so open about it. Just because it's not because I'm trying to get attention or I want people to be like, "Oh, this poor girl, she suffers from depression." No, yeah. it's more so because I want to be someone that people can know they can come to me. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to think of them any different, even if their depression's more extreme than mine. Maybe they, just like with you, I never have, um, you know, tried to commit suicide. I'm not going to say I have, I don't know if I've really ever had thoughts of it. I think I used to have thoughts of, I wish I could just leave and not ever come back and be away from everything. But I don't know if I necessarily meant death or thought about death at that point. But, Mm -hmm. you know, even for people who maybe have tried to attempt suicide, um, 
I'm not going to judge. You know what I mean? I just want people to know that not everyone judges you just because you have lived or you live through depression or anxiety and those horrible experiences. You're no, you're no good or better than, or no better or worse than the next person. I mean, we're all the same. We all have our demons. We all have our battles we battle. And so that's kind of how I feel about it. it. It's okay to say, I do feel this way. You know, and, and, you know, people can write to us to Fuller Brown at uh, Fuller Brown Podcast at Yahoo.com. Okay. And I want people to write to us to say, hey, this helped me. Or, hey, what do you think I should do about this? You know, and, and because sometimes you don't, I honestly, for a while, I really wanted to get help, but from a stranger. Mm-hmm. Because if I went to somebody I knew, I'm like, they're going to tell somebody and that's embarrassing. Yeah. But know that it's not an embarrassing thing to, to no. admit, admit it and, and get help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's with us, perfect. And if not, go to somebody you trust. Go to somebody that you can open up to and that won't judge you and that would help you get help. Yeah. You know, no, I agree. Yeah. So. um, So how do you feel now? I feel good. Yeah. I hope that I actually kind of hope that this makes people write in because yeah. I mean, it is, it's a, it's a huge thing. It's a, it's a really big thing. Um, especially right now with everything going on with the pandemic and right now people's depression levels are so high. Mm-hmm. Suicide rate is really high right now with having to quarantine and then just the way that the world is in general right now. So many people are depressed and miserable and, there's so many people suffering in silence and that don't, and a lot of people who feel like they don't have anyone. And I just want people to know that I don't care where you live. I don't care what kind of background you have. I don't know where, I don't care where you're from that. Um, yeah, I hope people write in so that we yeah. can like, and maybe I can attest to people. that, like you being honest on that. Cause I yeah. remember when I first met you, I was like, mm, and you, I don't know what it is about you that I just opened up to you so quickly. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, so how are you? Yeah, my name is Elisa. I'm like, hi, I'm Tony. I'm Mexican. Really? <laughs> okay. Well, do you like tamales? <laughs> like, yeah, do you? I'm like, yeah. And then I don't know where. And then the other day, I was going through like this, you know? And, and, and I just want people to know that. You know, if they want to write to me or you, they can write yeah. to us and, you know, send us an email, send us a, I was thinking about doing a P.O. box. Yeah, you should actually. Yeah. Because not a lot of people don't know how to use email but, mm-hmm. or they don't want their information out there, you know. Right. So I might. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll probably just keep everybody updated on the Facebook page and Twitter page and Instagram. And, you know, okay. if you want to write to us, please feel free to share your stories. And if even if you have a successful story, still write to us. I still yeah. want I still want to hear those good stories. It'll yeah. it'll help me for sure. And I'm pretty sure it'll help somebody else. Yeah. You know. So um we're gonna do this thing called the lightning round. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Are you nervous? No, actually. Don't pee on yourself. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not nervous. Okay. Okay, okay. Because normally, I'm going to tell the listeners, I uh, give these questions to the guests firsthand. But you chose not to. No, so. I didn't want to. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, now, now you're I making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to pee. Okay, question number one. Okay. What is your most commonly used emoji? Um, hard eyes. 
Really? Yes, I love. That I'm does full go of, with you. I'm full of love. You're full of love. I'm full of brown. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I can agree. <laughs> You're full of brown and love. Brown love. Yes. Oh, brown love. Brown love. That's gonna be my second podcast. Okay, I want to be on that one too. <laughs> Please come on by. Um, do you listen to Mexican music? Uh, yeah. I mean, it just depends. When I'm with my family, we do. Yeah, I okay, get so together you, and stuff. Do you prefer banda? You know what banda music is? Hold on, wait. Okay, compared to what? Country. Okay, yes. No, I do know the difference. Um, I actually kind of like all of it. You like both? I do. I like both. I know some people prefer one or the other, but mm-hmm. it depends on my mood. Yeah. I, okay, and the okay. atmosphere that I'm yeah. in. Yeah. So, like, when we have parties and stuff, they'll play sometimes a mixture of both. And, like, it just kind of depends on the vibe. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Ooh. Dang, that's a good one. Um, Probably to not let, um, not to worry about what other people think about me or mm-hmm. what I, what decisions I make in my life. As long as it's not affecting them, then it shouldn't matter what, you know, I have a lot of people who don't agree with some of the ways I live or my mm-hmm. lifestyles. And, you know, my dad and my parent, my parents both have always just told me, hey, you do what is best for you, what makes you happy. And yeah. if other people don't agree with it, as long as you're not doing harm to anybody, then so be it. Good, good. I'm glad you went. Because then if not, we probably wouldn't have met. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you do say that a lot. A lot. I'm so surprised that I have not said it a million times during this thing. I'm surprised I haven't said some words. I haven't really cussed at all. And I'm really proud of myself because. You want to say like five fucks really quick? <laughs> Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, let me say <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Okay. <clears throat> what sound or noise do you hate? Ooh. Nails on a chalkboard or like when Ooh. people rub their fork across their plate and stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah. Ugh, it just like makes my, it gives me like those goosebumps. <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> people can't see, but I just have like a physical goosebump. shiver. Yes. <laughs> so what sound or noise do you love? Laughter. Like people laughing. You have a really good laugh. Do I? I yes. Think Every my, time uh, you laugh, <laughs> I feel like my laugh. We're gonna sounds, have a laugh attack. No, I feel like my laugh sounds. I don't know. I hate hearing myself. Laugh. I love your laugh. Really? Yes. Ugh. Whenever you start laughing, like I, I just can't help but laugh with you. I love your laugh. See, now I'm trying to hold it in. Let it out. Let it out. <laughs> Uh, that was extremely weird um <clears throat> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt so i have always uh, such a good topic too because um so i actually started to go to school for counseling mm-hmm. to be a counselor um you'd be a really good counselor I, I know i would and i know i would and that's like where my passion is but i'm 34 now almost 34 now and i have two kids and so i am uh but you don't think we're better to be where you don't think we'll be better at it now than when we were younger oh no i think i would be great at it now better than what i probably thought i would have been back then but it's just a matter of um where i'm at in life now Mm -hmm. i feel like it just doesn't really kind of fit into my um i don't want to sound negative but like right now where i work now Mm -hmm. um or where we work now um you know, I already have my associates, and so going for my bachelor's, it's already so much work trying to do mm. it as a single mom. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to just do something that 
one, I can better my life with and I know I'll be Mm -hmm. able to provide for my kids better. But at the same time, something that's not going to take me another eight years to do, Mm. you know, so with right now I'm going to school for accounting. Mm -hmm. I work in finance. We work in like a finance facility. So it's like, you know, it's like it works out great. I'm going to be able to just stay where I'm at, not have to change jobs again and all that. Wow. Welcome to the South Side. (laughs) Did you hear that? (laughs) Sorry, listeners. That was um, somebody going to a nearby garage sale. I'm sorry. So um, I don't know if I know. Do you drink soda? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I will. Coke or Pepsi? I'd rather do Coke. We were going so. Well I know in the you're. A, I already knew you were going to say that because I know you're a Pepsi person. I'm not against Pepsi, I'm but an addict. I think I just like Coke, which is horrible because Coke eats battery acid. So you can imagine what it does to you. You know your how insides. many times people send me that video? It's Look true. what this does to you, and I'm like, shut up. It's true. <laughs> Have you ever poured Coke on your battery acid? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it yeah, really yeah. does eat it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's not good. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just mad because it won't eat my fat. It just <laughs> I know, eats right? Else. I know, yeah. Now, I if agree. I drank that and then it started eating the fat out of me, I oh would, my God. Yeah, oh, yeah, I would drink a lot. You think I have a problem now? <laughs> 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 what would you like your tombstone to read? Ooh. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know. So my brother's. My brother passed away and there's a saying on his and Mm -hmm. it's like so suiting for him. But I almost feel like, so his says, um, my voice says, hear me, but my words say never forget. So he was a singer songwriter, which so just he sang, well, he sang really good. Yeah. So like he could have been on the Backstreet Boys, right? He would hurt you right now if he was He here. would have. The Backstreet Boys. Now, if you would have said boys to men mm. or something, then he would be all about it. But Backstreet Boys. Okay, let me retract my words. Boys to men. He okay, there you go. Boys okay, he loves you now. So, um, but for me, I don't know. I feel like I would want someone else to like say, say something they, about you. Yeah, say something. Yeah. Like, because I don't, I'm not one to like. I don't know. Say this. Yeah, know. like, or this is the type of person I am. I don't know. Y'all might think I'm a completely different person than what I think I you am. You know what I'm afraid? Like, well, I guess I wouldn't be there at my funeral, but like. I mean, you kind of might be. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we don't know what happens. My body after we might be I mean, there. your spirit might still be there. I don't know. Oh, good point. Okay. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> what I would like, everybody there at my funeral crying, I'd be like. I'm going to just snag the wigs out of all of you <laughs> nasty people. Because I know how you really treated me in real life. Right. And then I'll be just there, you know. But I, I haven't. I've asked this question to everybody so far. And I still haven't been able to answer it for I myself. I don't know. I know. I can't. I mean, I guess if, if I had to choose something, I don't know exactly what I would want it to say. But I guess I would want it to maybe um, explain how much of a, like, caring independent person i was mm-hmm. like or or like yeah like i'm very dependable for people i'm always there for people i usually if you want me to be real honest i put myself last all the time mm, you I, do i do i always put everyone else before myself and that's not necessarily a bad thing so i'm not complaining but so maybe i guess if but i don't know what i would want it to exactly say yeah i'm gonna think about that too I mean, or we I could just go the opposite route because I have a really great personality and I'm really funny and I like to joke a lot. So, I mean, I wouldn't even care if it said she's just a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
mean, it's whatever. <laughs> that well. Mm-hmm. Okay, last question. Ready? Okay. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um. Everyone's here waiting for you. So you think you're gonna die last? No, like all the people that are already there. Oh, I've lost a lot of people. So, a lot of like really important people. My grandma, both of my grandmothers, mm-hmm. my brother. My brother's a big one. Um, just recently lost a cousin like six yeah, months ago that yeah. was really close with. So, just um, man, I've had quiet man. It's actually kind of sad. I, I meet people who have never even experienced death yet, like losing somebody. I'm afraid. Have you not ever lost anyone close to I you? I lost my grandmother, and that was really hard because oh, she died out of nowhere. Yeah, like people that were close to her knew that she was ill. Mm-hmm. I we didn't, so it was a so shock. It was a. Sh- I mean, we knew like the month prior to her death, or maybe the last couple of months, we knew that she had surgery and then complications from it. So then, when she died. I did not know how to process it because I right. feel like I didn't have enough time, which I almost want to sound. I I think I sound selfish because I mean I'm no other. I've known other people that have had family members pass away instantly, right? So then I'm like, oh my god, and I freak out, especially with my anxiety talking about this today uh-huh. and depression. I don't know how I'm going to handle it, and I'm afraid. Oh, it's really hard. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah, I've lost a lot. I started. I I lost the very first person I lost. Well. Like when I was in fourth grade, an uncle, my uncle, who I was super close with, I mean, he was everybody's like, oh, man, mm-hmm. um, we lost him to cancer. And then when I was in fifth grade, I lost my best friend in a car accident. And so, like, I'm not kidding you, probably every year to a couple of years after that, I've lost somebody. And so I'm the type of person who I, when I meet somebody, like, I get like a really once we're friends, like we have like a strong connection, Mm -hmm. like we'll have like a strong bond, a strong relationship, a strong connection. So that's one thing that kind of sucks about being someone who has a huge heart and like really friendly is because you meet more people and you get attached to more people. Mm -hmm. So you experience loss a lot more. I get attached quickly. I do too. And one, not with everybody, but most of the people I meet, I'm like really quickly. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's a problem or not, but I always love, love to get to know people once I go through the barriers of, you know, anxiety and stuff. Right. But once I know you and I'm open to you, I'm hoping that you will never leave. Right. I'm the same so way. So I can only imagine, and I've always said this to people and they probably need to stop. Like uh, my co, another coworker of ours, I'm not going to say her name. And she's like, oh my God, Tony, you get on my nerves or you, you know, do this and that. And I'm like, you're going to miss me when I'm gone right and then she was like why'd you say that i'm like i i, I it's a song <laughs> you're gonna miss me by my hair you know and uh, and i was like i don't know i just we're not gonna be here forever right whether it's in the place of work or in life mm-hmm. so i always wanted to cherish those moments because for a long time i couldn't cherish any moments so mm-hmm. now that i am able to cherish moments i'm like i need you to notice that i'm being here with you now right because one day that we could possibly not be friends again not yeah. because i'm not friending you but because you know yeah i um every death that i've experienced or every loss i guess i would say i've experienced um has changed me a little bit each time but i can honestly say losing my brother was probably the most life-changing experience i went mm-hmm. through his was unexpected and he was in a motorcycle accident so his was 
no, definitely not something that we, any of us, you know, right, yeah. were ready for. Right. And he was young. Um, you know, he was only, he was in his twenties. So we were, it was bad. But, um, ever since then, I've gotten just even worse with when it comes to like my relationships. So I'm horrible now that I'm a mom. I'm horrible at staying in great contact as far as like calling you all the time or going and seeing you all the time. But I'm really good at keeping up with people. So like I use Facebook a lot to keep up with like what's going on Mm -hmm. in people's lives. And maybe I don't talk to you every day or even I may go months without talking to you. But if I hear through someone or I see on Facebook or on social media or I catch wind that you're struggling with something or going through something good or bad, um, you know, I'll usually try to reach out and be like, hey, congratulations or hey, I'm here for you or whatever. You do do that. Yeah. Like if I don't go to work for some odd reason and you don't know that I wasn't supposed to be there, you're like, are you OK? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 something happened. Yeah, it's Did because your garage I'm flood again? Yeah, <laughs> no, I just worry because, um, you know, when something gets taken from you really fast out of nowhere, it kind of makes you um, open your eyes up and realize, okay, like this person could, this might be the last person, last time you see this person yeah, or talk to this sure, person. Yeah. So, so like I try really hard to, you know, even like people in my life who I battle with a lot and we don't always get along, I try really hard to not ever like in my conversations or in my experience or moments with them on negative notes because you just don't ever know. Yeah. It's kind of hard to judge it. I've lost a lot of people unexpectedly. So it's I'm af- I haven't lost that many, but the, I mean, my grandma was a big one. Yeah. That's big. Like to me, she was like my Mexican Medea. Yeah. <laughs> my grandma was such, and I, I feel like I get her, her funny bone from her mm-hmm. because no, I'm not going to show the story, but she was just so alive when she was here. Right. And she would always like to give me her advice, even though sometimes, you know, it was really old school or, or whatever. But whenever she was gone and I and it, I, I went through it, like the grieving process, it took maybe a year because when she passed away, like I said, I wasn't able to say bye. And then randomly on facebook i would like one time she passed away like in february and like in may a memory came that i posted when my sister graduated high school Mm -hmm. in 20 whatever it was and she was there and there was a picture that came up of her when we were reading at the restaurant i'm like oh my god (laughs) and then i cried for like the next two days Mm -hmm. and what made me really angry is that I like I hate crying in front of people. Yeah, and you know that because the one time I cried in front of people, like don't look at me, <laughs> shit, don't look at me. And, and one of my cousins said to me, "Does this even affect you? Like, did my grandma dying? It really does not affect you." I'm like, "What do you mean? You haven't even cried over her." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And but because I don't show emotions in public, and I was say I couldn't go to the funeral. Well, everybody shows emotions different and they deal with grief different when my brother passed away my mom well my initial reaction was pretty bad when i got the first when i got the phone call that night it was pretty bad but after that um i mean i had my moments of crying i'm not gonna say i didn't cry in front of people so yes people see me cry however um a lot of people wondered why i was not as um i don't want to say emotionally unstable but i don't know my mom and my sister and they were in a really bad emotional state. And I mean, I was too. I just can seal it and hold it in more than they do. Mm-hmm. I did not let all of mine out until I was by myself. It's like when I'm by myself that I let it all out. So 
Um, That's how I am. I had a lot of people say stuff to me too. When he passed, they were like, I don't know how you're holding it all together. And at that time, I didn't know how to take it. Like, are they being, are they saying that? Like, cause they're like, wow, she's staying strong. Did it offend you? Um, you know, there was a few people who said it that it did not offend me because I felt like they meant like... They meant well. They meant well. Yeah. There was one or two people who, when they said it, I felt like they were almost kind of like questioning if I was even like, if I even cared. Mm-hmm. Um, And that bothered me a little bit. But at the same time, to be honest with you, I didn't give a shit at the moment. I was like, you know what? They have no idea. One, they have no idea what I'm going through. Right. They don't know what's going on in my head, what's going on in my heart. So... Screw them. I right. didn't, you know, I just didn't care. But yeah. What I'm no, afraid is to have a nervous breakdown. Like what I'm afraid, like Lord forbid my father and my mother die. Right. What I'm afraid is that at that moment, I'm going to be a different person. That if somebody says a bad thing to me, I'm probably going to slap a hoe. Um, You possibly might. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. I can say that if... I'll just say this right now. If anything were to ever happen, well, I mean, no, there's just too many people in my life. I can't even say that. But I have a few people in my life who if something happened to them, I think everybody, fair warning, needs to just stay out of my way and leave me alone well, for a Well, yeah, bit. but I think people are so insensitive they are. sometimes that, especially because my dad is a religious person, so I can only imagine who would go to the funeral. Oh, you're going to be overwhelmed. Very much overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not saying that I hate all of them. I don't. But... I know some of them. I don't know who you really are. Right. So I know how they really are towards my parents. Now, I don't want to see you at their funeral. Right. So, oh, Lord, I'm talking like, oh, they're going to die soon. No, I know. Like, yeah, no. Like, lock on wood. <laughs> like, no. But I'm just saying, I don't know how I'm going to react. Like, yeah. I just don't know. Because sometimes these things happen out of nowhere. And, and mm-hmm. I try to prepare myself little by little. Like, my dad loves to come mow my yard. And I told him, I don't want you to do that anymore. He's like, why? He got offended. <laughs> and I'm like, why? He's like, why? And I'm like, because I don't want to depend on that. Because if something happens to you out of nowhere, and then I see my lawn getting big, I'm going to cry. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like little things, yeah. Yes, little yeah. things that he does. And my mom does things like that, too, all the time. And I'm trying to help them stop doing those little things because when those little things get you know they they don't happen anymore i'm gonna be grieving so bad yeah so but they're like no and another friend of mine was like just let him do it tony because that's the love that they're trying to show you now so so let them treat you the way they do now they're trying to live out the rest of their life yeah you know by right yeah Yeah. by helping me whether it be with this or like my mom sometimes she fills my tank of gas and She's like, I just want you to know, you know, and I'm like, stop it, please. Because <laughs> we're a family that we don't show emotions in front of each other. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess we are, too, in a way. My family does, like my mom's family, but they show it in such negative ways sometimes. Like theirs comes out in like them fighting or like going at each other. My dad's family, we're a little bit more reserved. Mm-hmm. Like we'll kind of <clears throat> show it, but we're a little bit more prone to kind of. Suffering. We show through it through humor. You see, we do too. So yeah, like we do that. But our humor can get so. Ours cold. is vulgar. Like ours is vul- yeah. Ours is cold too. Like ours is that a, maybe that's a Hispanic thing. I think so. I really do think so. I mean, I'm not saying just Hispanics do it, but I'm sure all nationalities, races, and backgrounds do it. But for some reason, I'm just. I feel like every a lot of the Hispanics that I have in my life and that I've met. 
they deal with either like sad situations or negative situations in such a way that they do it with humor and they do it in such a ways that sometimes I'm like, God, this is so inappropriate. If yes. people heard the things we were saying about no. this, they would be like thinking we need to be like locked away. Like, <laughs> I mean, really? No, like, I mean, I, I can't think of any examples right now, but let's say my sister was crying and then two days later, I'm like, you were crying, you dumb whore. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it's like, how we are. So I don't know. Bad. I mean, but that's just how we cope with things, honestly. Like, right. now, to remember my grandmother, she was such a funny person. We laugh at all the stuff she says to other people that might be offensive. Because yes. like, why would you keep her memory in that way? But with us, that's how we grieve that she's no longer here. Yeah. Like, well, my, one of the things my grandma would do, she would go outside, grab a cricket, and put it on my mom's ear. What? Or like on her shoulder. Because oh, my okay. mom my mom is it's such a weird humor. <laughs> what is <laughs> your face? <laughs> I was like, what? what the hell does she do that for? <laughs> and she would chase my mom around the kitchen with like an animal, an I insect. See. And my grandma was like, Yeah. She's just <laughs> laughing at her. And then now to remember her, we bring that up. Right. And my mom was really like, She did that so many times yeah. and I hated that. But now, in a way, she's showing remembrance of her now by reminding you of those good moments. Right. Well, that's kind of like how, so my Hispanic, so that's how we do it with all, like, oh, my Hispanic side of the family. When my grandma passed, my grandma was hardcore Catholic, and she had, like, an, I was so scared of her bedroom. It looked like an altar. So I don't know. It was so weird. Like, she had, like, offerings. Candles? Out, yeah, like, candles and just, like. I felt like she had voodoo dolls and everything in there. I don't know. I was so scared to go in her room. I never went in there. But when, like, she was, like, she believed in, like, holy water and just, like, all this stuff. And mm-hmm. so, like, when she passed, like, we would, and we still do, like, we'll talk about, like, sometimes my mom will be like, oh, my gosh, my back hurts so bad. And I'll be like, do you want to get some holy water? And she's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure I can get my hands on some. And she's like, you know, but it's like a joke because, like, she'll be like, okay, you sound like your grandma. And I'm like, I know. That's what I'm trying to do. That's the point. You know, like, so we do the same thing. And people are like, oh, how dare you? You know, like. But that is how we cope with it. But things. that's just how we deal with it. And my grandma, we did it to her when she was here. So why would right. we stop? Well, like with me, when I broke my leg or when I, when I dislocated my, my hip. Yeah. We laugh at it now. Yeah. But that's how we deal with it. Like, my mom, I don't know what I was doing the other day. I was trying to pick up, like, this pot of beans. And she was like, be careful. Don't throw your hip out again. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just like, how we are. What? And she was like, well, I mean, you're a pretty heavy guy. You want to break <laughs> the other hip, too? And right. Like, and that's just how we deal with it. I know. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And my mom, she gets so mad at me. Like, <laughs> she's just like, oh, like she's you should hear the stuff she says to me like i think i told you whenever i was going through this weight loss journey that i'm still trying to go through and i lost seven pounds she was like that's it <laughs> i know you told me I'm like, what do you mean that's it that's something great to me seven pounds she's like with your big ass you should have lost 25 and i was like mom but that's just her way of telling me keep Good going job. yeah and yeah. keep going yeah yeah so i mean that's just the mexican side of us that's just how it is so, so funny. if you marry a mexican be ready <laughs> right. get prepared good food though yeah um, but great food and good laughs oh my god good laughs yeah for sure definitely well thank you for being here thank you no thank you for 
having this heartfelt talk <laughs> and i hope it helps somebody i'm pretty i'm sure it's gonna help somebody I do too i hope we hear from some people yeah fuller brown podcast at yahoo.com and i think we, we should have a website actually okay so I'll, I'll post a link on it on the uh, description on facebook or whatever you follow us from and then you know i'll let you know if we get any good letters because okay, I yeah. wanted, to, I wanted to do a segment where I read some letters. Yeah, that'd be like fun. I wanted to do a special episode at the end to where I read people's letters and stuff like that. But we'll see. But okay. I hope you come back. Oh, I'll definitely be back because we have other topics that I think you would be perfect for it. Because mm-hmm. like, this is a serious topic, yeah. you know. But I feel like our funny poems is great too. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, we have a lot. So I would love to have you back and you know have a different kind of aspect on life with other stuff and stuff anytime but yes thank you for listening listeners and elisa say goodbye bye Hey, this is Tony with Fuller Brown. And if you're listening to this segment of the podcast, that means that you've listened through the whole episode. Congratulations. Go buy yourself a concha or something. I just wanted to take this moment to remind you to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, Fuller Brown Podcast. That's it. And don't forget to write to us at FullerBrownPodcast at Yahoo.com. And I'm just here to remind you, this is your story. This is your experience. Be heard. Bye. Bye.